sweetly speak his holy name and sweetly speak his holy name and sweetly speak his holy name who blesses all your ways
and welcome. It's good to see you all this morning. Um, whether you're here in person or you're joining us online, it's good to have you with us here. Very welcome. Uh, there's not really many notices. The Kirk Session meeting has been changed to Wednesday, the 2nd of February at 7.15 on Zoom. Um, the COVID restrictions are still in place, so there's no teas and coffees at the moment. We're just waiting on updated um, guidance, uh, and hopefully that'll be resumed again soon. Thank you. Good morning. It's lovely to see everybody. A very warm welcome to visitors, either online or in person. Why don't you turn to the people round about you, wish them good morning, introduce yourself if you don't know them, and have a chat. It's funny, some weeks you stand up here and I look out and I think, oh my goodness, it looks busy, and then other weeks it looks quiet, and then weeks like this, it's kind of like, if we were a ship, we'd be going like that. <laughs> what is it about this side of the church? Is it warmer or something? <laughs> Does it depend what way the wind's blowing? Is that what it is? <laughs> it's lovely to see everybody here, uh, and we've come, as always, to worship God, and so our call to worship is up on the screen. I hope. <laughs> there we are. And I invite you to say the words in gold as we prepare to come and worship. Come and see. 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 Let's stand and sing our first hymn. Praise to the Lord.
Let's come before God in prayer, shall we? Let's pray. Father God, we come here this morning to come and see. Come at your bidding to see what you would have us see and to be reminded of what you have done. We, each of us, heard our name and responded. And we find ourselves here, surrounded by friends, surrounded by your presence. Each one of us come to worship you. Lord, we praise you for the love that you shower us with. We praise you for the ways in which you make your love known to us through the wonder of creation around us, creation which provides for us and sustains us and gives us beauty to admire. We praise you for the buds beginning to show on the trees and bushes, for the blossom coming, even although it's far too early. We thank you for the bulbs just popping through, each of them speaking to us of hope, of things to come. We thank you for the love of family and friends, love which comes from you first and reaches us. We thank you for your word to us in scripture. And we thank you for the living word, Jesus, through whom each one of us can call you Father and may know the love that you have for us. For all of those many, many things, Lord, we praise you. And that's why we're here. Moved to celebrate the love that you have for us. Moved to celebrate all that Jesus has done for us. Moved by your spirit to live in the light of that love. And Lord, as we gather, may we too remember the promise of your forgiveness. Lord, we are forgiven for all the wrongs that we do, even before we do them. Such is your love for us. Such is your grace. And so, Lord, when we do, when we are angry and we act out of frustration, when we lose patience, when we are tired and grumpy, when we say things that we wish that we hadn't or don't do things that we wish that we had, may we not know guilt. May we not shroud ourselves in shame. Because, Lord, you have wiped away the guilt and shame even before we were born. Enable us, Lord, to live in your light, to be reminded that we are cloaked in your righteousness, cloaked in your goodness, and that forgiveness is ours. And may that forgiveness and that love and that grace not just stay in our heads, but move through our hearts out into our lives so that our lives might bear witness to what you do in them.
Father, we pray this morning that as we come, our eyes would be open so that we see you afresh. Our ears would be open so that we hear your whisper to us today. And our hearts would be opened that we may receive and our hands may be opened that we may give. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. So has anybody got any news? Now, I know that you're all struggling to come up with some news and that that's why nobody's um, kind of speaking. Because last week I was thinking, Jings, are you all fed up with news time or something? And then I think it was Davina after the service was saying to me, no, we're just not out and about doing things, so there is no news. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to think of a different way to get you all chatting to one another then. So this morning, you can see if there's something good that's happened this week, or if there's something rotten that's happened this week, but that you would like some prayer for. You could share a little bit of news about family life if you want to, if you've got a birthday, or if a grandchild has a birthday or anything like that. Um, But yeah, just share something of your week that you would like to share with everybody else. It might even just be what you've watched on the telly and it's really good and you want to tell everybody about it. News in our family was this week that we actually got to celebrate Christmas. (laughs) I'm still playing catch up. So two weeks ago, well, last week we had Christmas with my sister and my mum and dad and uh, my sister's family. And this week we had Christmas with Reese and his partner Jessica. They came up on Thursday. And so we finally, I finally got rid of the pile of Christmas presents that was still sitting in my living room. So that was really lovely. And then on Friday I took Finley back to Aberdeen for this term and I drove home and I thought, oh, motherhood is funny at this stage. It's kind of moving out of that full-time kind of being there at their beck and call 24-7 to suddenly kind of real. I mean, Duncan's still at home and he's 15 and just assumes that I'm just there all the time, you know, and, and I'm just there to do whatever he needs me to do. But even that's beginning to shift as he begins to be a bit more independent and want to do things without his mum. So yeah, so that's a wee bit about uh, my week. Other than that, it was just a busy week of work. Anybody else want to share anything? I rushed to send a birthday card to my daughter uh, on the 21st. And I I really rushed and I thought, I hope it reaches her, right? And uh, then I realised, I looked at my diary, it was a month too early. (laughs) (laughs) It'll definitely get there in time. So I sent a text, I said, apologies for that, I'm not ready for the loony bin yet. (laughs) And then the reply came back, but you did the same last year. Oh no! Oh, well, at least you're, at least you're early. <laughs> but it would be worse if you forgot, wouldn't I it? Know, I know. Yeah. Anybody else got any news? Just to have a nice week that my grandson, great grandson, and my grandson's partner all had COVID. Oh. That's why we've not been here. They're all doing well, but then on Tuesday my son phoned. But luckily he's only got a cold and a runny nose. Oh, that's good. I hope it stays that hope way. So. So we're doing fine. Good. Everybody, everybody seems to have different symptoms yeah, with this yeah, one. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, I hope everybody's on the main soon. Anybody else got any news? Oh, Phyllis has. Thank you. My youngest grandson was three years old on Tuesday, and on the same day, my oldest grandson, who's nine, 
uh, got a report from the school uh, saying how well he was doing. And they were so impressed with him, they said he's six months ahead of the rest of the class at reading and arithmetic. And they're surprised at how much he knows general knowledge and they're so happy to have him in the class. So it was really very proud of him. Oh, that's lovely. Congratulations. That's fantastic. So a third birthday and a good report. A glowing report. Anybody else? See, you do have news. There you go, see? Anybody else? That does say the church need to get better though, come on. I think that's why you all sit on that side, you're hiding. Who had their hand up and waving at me there? It was Davina. Well, last Sunday we had the family round and the wee granddaughter, who's two, was the first time she's came to us without being brought to us. Aww. So that was good. Lovely. It was lovely. You know, just to automatically come to us. Oh, that's lovely, because she was born just at the start of lockdown, wasn't she? And so that's been... Oh, that's really lovely. A wee heartwarming moment, eh? Anybody else? Oh, there you go, Laura. Well done. Oh, my goodness, I've got energy to run. This is good. That's news too. Eh, here we are. Let's do it that way. My granddaughter's driving test was cancelled half an hour before she was due to go and get it. What a shame. No reason. So she's sitting again tomorrow morning at five to nine. Fingers crossed. Oh, so we'll all, stay off the, we'll all stay off the road and make sure everything goes okay for her. <laughs> no traffic, eh? Great. Well, I hope it goes well for her. Anybody else? Well done, everyone. I knew there was news in there somewhere. We just had to find the right way to do it. Oh, I've just closed it down. There we are. Going to get you to do a wee bit more work, though. I want you to think of something... In, oops, in your lifetime that has had you just so excited about it that you couldn't wait to share the news of it. So think of a moment that's had you so excited that you just couldn't wait to tell someone else about it. Maybe it was somebody you met who just took your breath away or that you couldn't wait to tell others about or introduce them to. Or maybe it's something else that was life-changing for you. Maybe it was a new way of seeing things, or, or maybe even it's that new thing that you're using to clean the bathroom that you want to tell everybody about. I'm not going to stand here and judge, but think about something that got you so excited you just couldn't wait to tell people about. And turn to your neighbour or the person closest to you and tell them about it.
What do you think then? I'm hoping you were talking about that and not what you're having for your lunch or what you had for your breakfast. But what do you think? Anybody want to share? Especially those who weren't chatting to anybody. Anything that sparked for you in that? What, what made you so excited that you had to go and tell someone? Who wants to share? You can share what your neighbour said. You don't need to share what you, what you think. If they had a better answer than you, you think. I passed my driving test when I was 60. Wow! Wow! Good for you. And that was the thing that you could... The other lads, when we went back to the centre, you know, to get your certificate, Uh my instructor told me that the other young chaps with the different people there, they were in their late teens and they all failed. Oh, well, there you go. I bet you couldn't wait to go and tell everybody that, that you were the only one that passed that day and you were in your 60s. You were 60. That's fantastic, Peril. Brilliant. Anybody else want to share? What were you so excited that you couldn't wait to tell people? Being a granny for the first time. Lovely. Being a granny for the first time. Can't wait to tell people that news. Anything else? Well, I passed my driving test first time. You passed it first oh, time? I was you were 40. Just, I was 40. You were 40. Excited. Excellent. Passing it first time, eh? Anybody else? Rona? I shared with Ken something that I was excited about recently and was discovering that you can toast potato waffles in the toaster (laughs) and he's going home to try it. (laughs) I love that, thank you. (laughs) You can toast potato waffles in the toaster. There you go. But what an amazing effect, because already that's had an effect that Ken wants to go home and try it. That's good. Now, who waved at me? Morag. What was life-changing for me was um, my parents never wanted me to go into nursing. In fact, mom insisted I do office work because she'd been a secretary. Well, I decided just to go ahead and do something about it myself. So eventually I got this, I had to sit an entrance exam and then I got a letter in telling me I had passed for the three-year course leading to registration. So I was dancing about with this letter and my mum said, you're wee bism, you were determined. (laughs) So so that was really, that was life-changing. Good. Anybody else? No. Yeah, so lots of different experiences there. Things um, becoming a gran or uh, potato waffles or driving, like uh, passing driving tests, that was a popular one, or what you went off to do for work. Lots of different things that you can't wait to tell people. It's natural, isn't it? When we come across something or someone wonderful, that we want to tell other people about it. We want to share what we found, and we especially want to share it with our nearest and dearest. If we see the benefit of something to us, we naturally want others to know, especially those that we love, we naturally want them to, to know about it and see the benefit of it in their own lives, or to know this person who's made a big difference in our lives. For the first disciples, meeting Jesus came into that category. 
It was something special. It just had to be shared. And so let's hear God's word this morning from John's gospel as we hear about it. The reading this morning is from John, First John, reading from chapter 35 to chapter 51, 53, sorry. The first disciples of Jesus. The next day, John was standing there again with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus walking by. There is the Lamb of God, he said. <clears throat> The two disciples heard him say this and went with Jesus. Jesus turned, saw them following him, and asked, What are you looking for? They answered, Where do you live, Rabbi? This word means teacher. Come and see, he answered. It was then about four o'clock in the afternoon. So they went with him and saw where he lived and spent the rest of that day with him. One of them was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. At once he found his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah. This word means Christ. Then he took Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Kephas. This is the same as Peter and means rock. Jesus calls Philip and Nathal. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come with me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the town where Andrew and Peter lived. Peter found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one who Moses wrote about in the book of the law and whom the prophets also wrote about. He is Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Nathanael asked. Come and see, asked Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, he said about him, Here is the real Israelite. There is nothing false in him. Nathanael asked him, How do you know me? Jesus answered, I saw you when you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. Teacher, answered Nathanael, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Jesus said, do you believe just because I told you I saw you when you were under the fig tree, you will see much greater things than this? And he said to them, I am telling you the truth. You will see heaven open and God's angels going up and coming down on the Son of Man. Amen. And may God bless the blessings of these holy words. Thank you, Moira. The author, John, takes us through what seems to be the first week in the life of Jesus' ministry. 
Last week, Charlene introduced us to John the Baptist, who, although was a prophet and was important, wasn't the one about whom the gospel is written. Rather, it was John's role to point out the main character, Jesus. And if you remember last week, as soon as John saw Jesus, John proclaimed him the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the day after that, John the Baptist again is walking and sees Jesus. This time he's got a couple of his own disciples with him, two men, Andrew and someone unnamed. And he points Jesus out to the two of them. And he says, look, the Lamb of God. This is the one I was talking about. This is him. And the symbolism of the Lamb is really important. It's a reference to the Lamb used as a sacrifice when the Israelites were escaping Egypt as the angel of death passed over at the first Passover. And if you remember at that point eh, when the tenth plague was being, eh, when they were being told about the tenth plague, they were told by Moses to take a lamb without defect and spread its blood across the lintel of their door. And the angel of death would pass over their homes and they would be saved. John, in calling Jesus the Lamb of God, is evoking that image in his companions. They were Jewish, remember. He's saying something really significant here about Jesus, that Jesus is pure and perfect, without sin, and will do something for them. We were told what that something was back in verse 29, to take away the sins of the world. And so John sees Jesus and is keen that his companions, Andrew and the other unnamed one, know at this point who Jesus is. Andrew and his companions' curiosity is piqued, and after hearing John witnessing just who this is to them, Andrew and his companion go and walk after Jesus. And Jesus, sensing that they're following him, turns around to speak to them. What do you want? Jesus asks them. Those are Jesus' first words in this gospel. In Mark's gospel, for example, it's the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. But here Jesus asks them, what do you want? And it's a question that Jesus asks quite a few times throughout the gospel. The answer, asking Jesus where he's staying. We want to see where you're biding, where you're dwelling. And Jesus offers them an invitation. Come and see. Come with me and I will show you how I live. It's not just about where I live, but how I live. That encounter does something to those two men. We heard Moira tell us that they spend the rest of the day with Jesus and something in that day makes them want to go and share with excitement just who they've met. Whether it's the words that Jesus speaks, whether it's encountering his presence, whether it's the testimony of John about who Jesus is, we don't know. But something happens because those two men are excited by it and are moved not just to go with Jesus and see what happens, but to go and invite others who are near and dear to them to come and see too. Andrew runs to tell his brother Simon. 
and says, we've found the Christ. You've got to come and see this. In meeting Jesus and spending that afternoon with him, Andrew has come to believe who Jesus is, the Christ, the Messiah, the one for whom his people have waited. Simon goes, and he too is changed by the encounter. He's given a new name, Peter, and told he will be a rock. Later on, Jesus finds Philip and invites him too to follow. Philip, liking what he sees, goes to find Nathanael to tell him who he's found. The one that Moses and the prophets wrote about, the promised one, the Messiah who would come. And then Nathanael goes and encounters Jesus for himself. Not just encounters Jesus, but maybe learns a little bit about who he is too. And after an exchange which probably shook him to his core about how much Jesus already knew about him, Nathanael declares that he has met the Son of God, the King of Israel. In telling the story this way, the author John has chosen just how to introduce the figure of Jesus. This is the man that, that John is writing his whole gospel about. And right at the very beginning of his gospel, John wants his readers to know exactly who this Jesus is. He's someone whom each of these men have been waiting for and someone that they can't wait to share the news of meeting with others. In the other Gospels, if you think about it, Jesus calls the disciples to him and the focus is on what they were called from and what they were called to. They're called as fishermen to leave their nets to follow and Jesus will make them fishers of people. But here in John's Gospel, we find a different meaning and a different emphasis. By the end of the passage, we know nothing about the men whom became Jesus' disciples. From John's Gospel, we don't know about their jobs. We don't know about their home lives or anything like that. Whether that's because John assumes that his readers would have already known about them, or whether it's because it's not important to his narrative, we don't know. But by the end of that passage, John wants to make sure that we know absolutely everything about Jesus. That's the author's intention for writing the whole gospel. He says it himself later on, that all of this is written down that those who read it may come to believe who Jesus of Nazareth is, the Christ, the Messiah, the long-awaited one. And by the end of chapter one, John has spelled it out. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's the Messiah, or Christ. He's the one Moses and the prophets said would come and save Israel. And he's the Son of God, the King of Israel. So what was this man Jesus calling those wannabe disciples to do? To come and see. First of all, to come to him. To discover for themselves just who he is and what he does in their lives. 
to experience life with him and see. See how he is the Lamb of God or the Son of God or the Christ or the Messiah. See what he will do. See how those things that have been said about him might be true. See how he changes their lives and the lives of others. And then to bear witness to that and see their own lives transformed. It's an invitation to bear witness to the ways in which Jesus in which um, Jesus is who he who they've been told that he is by John the Baptist, and is who they themselves have declared him to be. What's interesting is that in John's account, these would-be disciples aren't sought out by Jesus. Rather, each one of them is introduced to Jesus by the excited witnessing of one disciple to another. Each one on meeting Jesus goes and tells another. That's how the disciples are made. And bearing witness to Jesus is what it means to be the church. If we think about it, we are proclaiming as the church, what Christ is doing in our midst. We are celebrating what Christ has done for us in bringing our salvation. And we are living out, as the church, what it means to be saved. And that raises the challenge for each of us. In what ways do our lives, our words, our actions either individually or corporately, bear witness to what Jesus is doing in our lives? What evidence is there in our lives of Jesus' healing, saving presence? In what ways are our lives telling others about Jesus? I was quite challenged by that this week after a conversation with someone. Are we full of joy, even in the midst of the fragility, brokenness and difficulties we face? And by joy, I don't mean being happy. By joy, I mean, are we filled with the hope that God is in this with us, that we can trust God in all circumstances? Are there marks of love in our lives? Even when we find a person difficult to get on with or we're hurt, are we still able to treat them with dignity and respect or do we turn around and snap at them, fueled by resentment, seeking ways to get them back? Or are we able to forgive? Can we walk the extra mile and turn the other cheek? I wonder if the gifts of the Spirit are on display in our lives. If the love joy, patience, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, humility, many other gifts beside are at work in us. Do we have to make them happen or is that just how we live because we trust in God and we rest in what God has done for us? 
people see Christ at work in our lives, in our actions and in our words. And so might we do things for others and reach out in love and care without expecting anything in return? Might these actions witness to the wonder of the healing that having Christ in our lives brings? And in the same way that those first would-be disciples were moved once they'd discovered for themselves whom they'd met, might we too be so excited by the life-changing, transforming presence of Christ in our lives that we might also rush to tell someone else about it so that they too might experience life in all of its fullness. Why not take a moment this morning to reflect on what Christ has done in your life, to reflect the changes and the difference that Christ has made for you, the knowledge of his love, the knowledge of forgiveness, and identify someone that you would love to share that with. Because each of us will know someone who just needs to hear it. Let's pray. Lord, in meeting you, may our lives too be changed. made fresh each day with each encounter. May we come not just to know you more each day of our lives, but to reflect you more in our lives. May our lives constantly be changing as you do your work in us, making us more and more to be the people that you want us to be, that you created us to be, the very best version of ourselves. May your love and your light shine out of us. And Lord, who is it that you want us to share you with? Who is it in our life that there might just be an opportunity. Give us the courage to act on it. Take away our fear and help us to tell that person all about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing the potter's hand. to
And I invite Shona to lead us in prayer. Dear Father, we come to you today to thank you for your many blessings. Too often, Lord, we take your love for granted in our lives, our homes, our families, the food on our table, and the beauty in the world around us all come from you. We pray for those who are experiencing hard times at the moment, whether through ill health, unsettled times at work, bereavement or family difficulties. We pray that you will use us to help support those in need, to know your love is with them and will see them through even the biggest of challenges. We pray for those who don't know where their next meal is coming from, whose only shelter is a small piece of canvas in a strange place. Today, especially, we pray for the people of Tonga, whose lives have been turned upside down by the tsunami. We pray for our leaders, both locally and nationally. Help them to have the wisdom and courage to govern for the good of all your people. We pray for those who help others, whether through the work they do or just in the way they go about their lives. Help them to find the strength to carry on when the going gets tough. Help us to become like them in showing your love to others. Lord, we are sorry for the times when we have been selfish or hurtful to others. We ask for your forgiveness and for the help of your spirit as we try to live better lives. And now we come together in the words you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. We come to the end of our service. Let's stand together and sing our final hymn, To God Be the Glory.
from this place. And as you do, may your lives bear witness to who Christ is and what he has done for you. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you today and forevermore. Amen. Grass for